welcome back to the Outer Towers podcast. I'm Steve, and due to Simon being incapacitated with what can only be described as man flu, I'm joined by, unfortunately, a Manchester United perspective on the Outer Towers this week. Welcome, Tom. Hey, guys. Um, I think the only place to start, really, because me and Simon built this up last week, was that Super Sunday, wasn't it, Tom? We had, we had the League Cup final, followed yeah. by the... Well, we, it was United-Liverpool, followed by the League Cup final, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was a Sunday that most people... It was a really glorious day, weather-wise, and people actually chose to stay inside and watch football over going out in the weather, didn't they? What a disappointment. <laughs> it really was. I was at Old Trafford, um, and the nerves kicked in long before we got there. Um, I know you said in the WhatsApp group midweek... Um, that there wasn't a great deal more that you could have done, was there? No, no, there wasn't. With the, especially with the the amount of injuries we had. Yeah, the injuries before the game, wasn't it? You had, um, I think it was Marshall and Matic weren't there, were they? And Lingard. Yeah, so Lingard was obviously a doubt. Marshall was completely off the list. The Mat- uh, Matic wasn't there, was he? No, he was. Um, he was off, and so was Herrera. Yeah, uh, Herrera started the game, though, didn't he? But he went off injured, didn't he? I'm sure Herrera was there because I remember screaming, you rat. From a Liverpool fan's perspective, it was disappointing um, considering what happened to you in the first half, having to bring Lingard on, then take him off again, uh, that we weren't able to um, to take advantage of that. I think Firmino going off was a big blow to us. Um, I've had a few debates midweek about the substitution of bringing Sturridge on. Because uh, it meant we brought Sturridge on for the hour, then Shakiri came on for the last, whatever, I think yeah. it was 20 minutes, and then Origi came on for the last 10 minutes. And I think I've spoken to a lot of Liverpool fans who would have done it differently and brought Origi on first. Because whenever okay. he's been given a chance um, over the last however many games, he's looked dynamic. Um, we'll talk more about the midweek games and Divock a little bit more yeah. later. But I think the subs were wrong. However, um, as soon as the full-time whistle went, we were chanting we're top of the league. Because yeah. we were, that's all we needed. And yeah. a point away at Old Trafford's never a bad point. It's disappointing how the game panned out. What did you think? Were you happy with the point? Were you um, disappointed? that? I mean, you changed the way you played. You were nowhere near as cavalier as you have been. You are, I say cavalier. You weren't anywhere near as attacking as you have been, have you? I think with, the, with, with Marshall missing, he was a massive point of attack for us in the previous games yeah. with him missing it was never going to be a free-flowing game for us anyway especially no, Lingard going off completely yeah. hampered that he had the best chance didn't he um, yeah. where he tried to round Alisson and Alisson got an incredible hands I mean that, we couldn't we couldn't believe that we we were we just assumed that Lingard was rounding it was yeah. a goal I, I think um, I think it was my brother or it might have been even me we just said goal yeah. and when Alisson got that hand to it and it wasn't even like a, like a fingertip it was a full on hand but then after that I can't think, considering we went top of the league, I can't think of anything that we forced Aya to do, apart no. from a long shot from Daniel Sturridge, there was nothing. So, I would have thought a nil-nil was a fair result. Yeah, definitely, on the play, the, the way it went. The way it went, definitely. And then we had the League Cup final, which it was a bit of a, again, it was another damp squib. It was nil-nil yeah. for almost um, 120, or it was nil-nil for 120 minutes, wasn't Very it? until. Until the uh, until the penalty shootout, but the main bit of news that we can't really gloss over is the uh, is the goalkeeper Kepa, is it? No, I I, I felt a bit sorry for him because obviously Sari wanted Caballero to take the penalty because obviously he's 
He's a specialist in penalties, as they call him. Well, I was there at Wembley when Caballero won it for City against us. Yeah. And even mentally, you think, if Caballero was up against those City players, a lot of those City players will think, he'll know where I'm putting this. Yeah. And mentally, they'll think, they'll think, oh, he's already got an advantage. So I, I thought, initially, it's, um, it's a good substitution. Now, with the fine midweek to Kepa and him being dropped, and again, we'll talk about that when we talk about midweek games, with that, it would suggest... The whole misunderstanding excuse is rubbish, really. Because if yeah. it was a misunderstanding, he wouldn't have been dropped for Spurs. No. Um, so that was obviously rubbish. Um, I think Kepa probably, apart from did believe that Sari, the only reason Sari wanted to take him off was because Sari thought he was injured. And Kepa was there saying, I'm not injured, I'm fine, yeah. don't take me off. I don't think Kepa realised it was probably more of a tactical substitution mm. than anything. But as soon as he sees Caballero warming up, in my view, as soon as, soon as he sees him on stripped and ready, it's not like he's got a tracksuit on. Yeah, he's on the sidelines. He's on the sidelines, ready to come on. You go off. Yeah. You don't say no because he's a fellow pro. Mm. He's he's one of your teammates. It's not just disrespecting Sari who went mental. I thought his I thought the way he reacted on the sidelines was pathetic, to be honest. And I'm a big fan of Matt Murray or Sari. Yeah. But he was like a spoiled child when this happened. Um, but when you see Caballero there waiting to come on, that's when Kepi should have gone, right, fine, I'm yeah, going it's off. My time. It's my time. Um, I think it, that was in Kepa's head going into the penalties. You can't say whether he was injured or not, but he should have definitely said Aguero's penalty because that was mm. an abysmal penalty. Um, and all of this has kind of overshadowed City winning the first trophy of the season, hasn't yeah, it? We don't, we don't tend to, we've not really focused on the, the win, it's more what Kepa did before exactly nothing in the media has really spoken about this first leg of this possible quadruple from City Um, and it wasn't it wasn't a convincing performance by City this is the same two teams that played at a 6-0 not long before Chelsea actually in the last few minutes had a couple of chances to to take the game away from City Um, again I I mentioned this a few times speaking about it later but City haven't been convincing no Um, but but They've won a trophy and they're grinding out results, aren't they? Um, those were the two kind of big duck games that didn't live up to the billing. But a couple of other um, important results of note was the Burnley Spurs game. That was a big one, wasn't it? Massive, massive result for Burnley. It was. Um, Kane came straight back into the side. I know me and you were talking about this off yeah. mic. Um, we didn't really agree with it, did we? No, you just feel it's kind of a bit of a slap in the face for Son and, like you said, Lorente. Son, Lorente, more as well, yeah. really. Um, because he kept them going whilst he was injured exactly Spurs didn't lose a league game while Kane was out um, and then Kane comes back before he's supposed to and he's put straight into the side I know he scored against Burnley but they lost the game Yeah. and then obviously Pochettino lost his rag at Mike Dean um, I'm not a big fan of that however I'm also not a big fan of Mike Dean I can imagine him yeah. being the kind of person that I'd probably want to square up to <laughs> and shouting yeah. at You've got to respect him, though, is that he is the ref. He is the ref, yeah. Poch should stop with him. Um, it is interesting, though. It looked like he said something to Poch, because Poch was on, off his, on his way, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then something caused him to turn around. There's never released what he said, though, have they? No. No one's, there's been no word of what, what's going on. And I don't think there will be. Um, and then, there, so that was a big result, because people midweek um, on a certain radio show um had spoken about Spurs having the title in their own hands if Liverpool lost against United and then they beat Burnley. Yeah. So it was almost like Spurs were out the title race before they were even in it, wasn't yeah. it really? I think it's it's a bit coming a bit of a reoccurring theme where Tottenham are just they've got a chance to make some headway to get to the title and 
Well, they, I mean, you look at the, the year that Leicester won it. I mean, yeah. everyone was poor that year. I mean, not yeah. to take away from Leicester, it was an amazing achievement. Yeah. But everyone was poor last year. There were at least four or five teams in transition. That was Spurs' chance. That was such a yeah. good chance for Spurs. And it feels like, obviously, there's the uh, cock-up with the new stadium. There's the uh, there's the issue with not being the, f- well, being the first club not to spend in two transfer windows um, respectively it's not looking good for Spurs either and I thought we'd finish uh, this first segment about last weekend's games on um, obviously it's not a big big game because there's not a great deal riding on it but Leicester uh, Palace um, at the King Power Palace absolutely battered Leicester at Leicester Um, and the reason we're going to talk about and we're ending on that is because it led to um, a couple of interesting managerial changes didn't it yeah uh, and I think we'll stop there for this this segment so Leicester 1 Palace 4 at the King Power Claude Puel what do you think Tom in a way I think he'd he'd lost a lot of the players faith in the way he was doing his his tactics um, I read online that the the defeat against um, Palace was the fourth consecutive home defeat. That's not good though. When you're trying to get fans on side, is it? Um, they'd won. They beat City, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, they've beaten City, so they've had a couple, of, and they played really well at Anfield against us. Uh, we were lucky to get out of it with a point. Um, so I was quite surprised at how, I won't say quickly, but how how the tide had turned with fan support. But when you read that it was four, it was the fourth. Home loss on the bounce. It's demoralising for yeah. the fans, that isn't it? Um, it was the worst. It's, it's the worst record they've had at home in nineteen years. That, That's that, big. That yeah. speaks volumes. That's big. Uh, Considering they're they're in the championship for some of that as well. Yeah. Um, to have a, a home record that bad. Yeah. Um, I've said we've. You've seen me and Phil in the uh, in the WhatsApp group saying we're a little surprised. Um, they're not. They're not like down in the relegation scrap no, I was quite surprised at how he kind of threw in the towel in the FA Cup I thought once you're safe if you're not going to be pushing those top four top six spots you might as well go for a domestic trophy, for trophy. Um, but he, uh, he threw in the towel there by playing a week inside um, his treatment of Jamie Vardy has been a bit strange as well hasn't it he's, um, he's played him in some games he's dropped him from others unless he's I can only imagine it's just trying to, to find that winning form if he's not if he's not doing doing it with Jamie Vardy yeah and trying something new yeah. maybe managing Vardy as well maybe Vardy's not as fit as he once was getting on a bit though now Vardy he's not he is um, it was a I still I still find it hard because I listen to Puel talk and you look at he's lowered the average age of that squad massively yeah um, they aren't in any um, danger of being in the bottom half like massively bottom half of the league um, I can only think it might be the style of play because that's that that's what was levelled at him when he was at Southampton. Yeah. But um, to talk about that game and talk about Puel coming out, uh, being um, being got rid of, you've got to talk about Brendan Rodgers coming in, um, and that's that's where he received some mixed uh, reaction. And I say mixed, not really mixed from the same set of fans. Most Leicester fans seem absolutely behind it, and I understand that. Um, I, th- I think personally he's a great appointment for them. Yeah, um, really, really good. I've seen some of our fans, I who have this in my view, and at Towners Podcast on Twitter. If uh, if you disagree, um, come talk to me. But a lot of our fans I've seen have this irrational hatred of Brendan Rodgers. 
Um, they say that year that we nearly won the league in 13-14 is all Suarez, Sturridge, Sterling. Um, but Rodgers still had to have them playing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not having it. Brendan Rodgers did not decide to replace Luis Suarez with Mario Balotelli and Ricky Lambert. That's, that's not on Brendan Rodgers at all. Um, if you're going to give Michael Edwards, Mike Edwards, who currently sorts our transfers out, all the credit in the world for our current squad, then you can't just change tact and say Rodgers is, is at fault for what the squad was before. Yeah, you can't pick and choose. You no, exactly. So I'd say mixed reviews. It's mixed, re- mixed reviews, mixed uh, feelings. There seem to be mixed feelings from Liverpool fans. Not very mixed from Leicester fans. Most Leicester fans are very happy. Celtic fans, it's not mixed feelings at all. They are, well, I'd say 99.9% of them are absolutely livid. I've read a few that they've, they seem to be more leaning towards the fact that they've jumped ships as soon as Celtic have started getting some opposition with the likes of Rangers. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I, I've read a couple of things about um, maybe he was getting a little bit worried about Gerard, And it's a nice story for the for the papers, but they're eight points clear, yeah. Celtic. So I mean, there's not that much danger. They've still got to play Rangers twice. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's anything to do with worrying about. I heard Adrian Durham say midweek um, about him not wanting to be the manager when Rangers kind of usurp Celtic. I don't think it's anything to do with that at all. I just think, and I'm sorry, Celtic fans. I just think he's a bit bored up there. You like how how boring. I know winning's wonderful. But when you're not playing against... I mean, they've only had Rangers really this year. Rangers yeah. didn't really rock up last year before Gerard. Um, it's just a bit strange, really, to say that he's, he's scared about this. I just think he's bored. Um, Celtic fans have uh, spoken about money. That's the only reason he's jumped ship. I think... I just think being up in the SPL, he's won everything he can win in Scottish football. They were going for a treble-treble this year. So, so a treble-treble is one where they win the league... The, and the two domestic trophies and they won it again this year yeah. for a third time where's the competition there there's, there's none. And, and they're saying oh um, he's jumped ship he was uh, he was going to win trophies this year and he's gone to a team that's mediocre and they're not going to win anything this year yeah I understand that Leicester haven't got anything to play for and he could have waited but it's a challenge and plus it gives him those couple of months to um, look at his squad assess his squad and see what he needs and go and tell the owner right, this is what we need to really push that top six next mm. year so um, I think it's a good it's a good appointment isn't it I, think. I don't think they could have got anyone better for the situation they're no. in to, to turn that tie around and start winning again definitely not no. Um it's a really good appointment and talking of managerial appointments before we look at the midweek games um, well one midweek game that led to a managerial change was the Fulham one wasn't it Fulham lost 2-0 uh, to Southampton, yeah. um, and I think you told me off, Mike, that they, that left them ten points off safety. Yeah, ten points off safety with ten games left. I mean, you'd expect that them and Huddersfield are done, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. expect. I mean, you'd expect both of them uh, are starting to prepare for life in the Championship. You, you can't imagine. Well, I've, I've had a look at the table, and I can't imagine much change to the bottom three. Um, I think the bottom two are set in stone. Yeah. I still think there were a couple of teams looking nervously over their shoulders. I think Southampton being one of them. I think Cardiff have got a chance to drag themselves out of it. But Defensively, they've been abysmal this year, though, yeah. haven't they? Um, which is strange for a Warnock side. So, yeah, Ranieri got rid of, uh, which is a shame because he does seem to be one of football's nice guys, doesn't he? Um, I read an article midweek about the fact that he does know what he's doing. Uh, the players just didn't react to him. And when you have um, players going off on like arguing with the manager um, taking penalties off other players the harmony is obviously there's an issue in the dressing room to begin with isn't there at full yeah. um, so hopefully Scotty Parker can can um, 
steady the ship. It was, there was a nice story about um, Sir Alex sending him a quick text as well midweek, yeah. which I thought was quite classy because um, he's another one of those. Um, I wouldn't say golden generation because he couldn't really get into the squad at that time, but he was around at that time. Yeah. He's another one to have gone into management. Um, I've heard good things about him. He's done the youth setup there as well, hasn't he? I think it's a bit, a bit of a similar situation to how Carrick is looking after with Solskjaer. It's kind yeah. of that he's one of the lads. He's yeah. been in and around the squad. And yeah. It brings that kind of like unison to to like the, the dressing room. It's he's one of the definitely one of them. It's I mean really at this stage of the season, Fulham were never going to have the opportunity to an appoint to appoint a Brendan Rodgers type manager. So Scotty Park is probably the best they could have put in place yeah. until the end of the year, just to steady the ship, um, get a little bit of feel good factor back to Fulham. Um, so yeah, it was quite a big big week for managerial changes. Um, two big managers gone. Um, so we'll talk about midweek games now, uh, and one that I'll mention briefly because, I mean, the result and the performance pretty much spoke for itself. Was um, was us smashing Watford five 0 Because this was one of the games that I know that a couple of lads in the WhatsApp group spoke about being a bit of a. Um, a game that we could slip up in because Watford, uh, I think yeah. they were seventh before before I was playing them. Um, they were definitely top half comfortably. Yeah. Um, they were good side Watford under Javi Gracia, and we just smashed them like absolutely. Like, it was back to that free flowing football that we looked at last year. Um, rather than, I mean, we were defensively very sound, kept a clean sheet. But when your fullbacks are on form like Robbo, like Trent, yeah. um, I mean, you've Van seen Dijk some Van Dijk, yeah. Uh, you've seen the crosses from Trent and Robbo for the goals. Marnie's back heel has to be. I mean, it won't be goal of the season, but it's got to be up there as a contender for goal of the season. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you can't even talk about the, the missed touch. It's yeah, I mean, the way he recovered from it. The fact, yeah, the fact that he recovers from it. Um, I saw a picture midweek on Twitter and it shows Marnie with his back to goal. Um, with Ben Foster behind him and it says how do I explain to my kids that Marnie scored from this yeah, angle it's... It's, it made no sense but it was great atmosphere was bouncing um, I was a little bit worried after the United result because uh, that was obviously a bit of a letdown but no it was great uh, there's not a great deal um, to say even Alisson got in on the act with a quality save yeah. from Gray as well I think one thing about Liverpool is it's starting to get that consistency yeah I mean, I'd agree I think we've been I mean we've lost one game all season uh, which is incredible which, I mean exactly um, and the draws like against the West Ham against the Leicesters I'd argue that we'd lose those last year because um, yeah. we played poorly in both games you could argue we didn't deserve to win either of them um, no. and even the United game that Lingard chance you could argue we lose that last year as well so we're turning those losses into draws uh, it's just frustrating as to where we could have been uh, rather than where we are because obviously as, as recording now and we'll mention this in the next um, in the next part City are obviously top of the league now. Um, but a couple of other noteworthy results from midweek. You had United beating Palace away, which on the face of it is Both a big... the injuries. Yeah, it's a big result. Um, I know you wanted to talk about the injuries, didn't you? It's, it's incredible how we've, we've still managed to... It, was a, it wasn't the best defensive performance, especially that period where Palace got back into it. But yeah. we've, we've got eight players out, eight first-team players. Yeah. Main, the main ones I, I can pick out Matic like I was saying before Herrera yeah. Martial and Lingard being our main focus on attack and we yeah. still we still managed to put three past Palace and did Rashford play? Or, no, did no, he, I no I think he might have come he, off the he bench he might have won the last, last bit of the game but I think with his I think it was an ankle injury yeah, he went, yeah. I don't think they wanted to risk him but surprisingly Lukaku 
has stepped up. He has, yeah. And again, I'm sure we'll mention him again uh, in a little bit. But yeah, he got two goals, didn't he? Yeah, um, and, very good. And Young killed the game off when it looked like Palace were, were getting into it. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because maybe the United of old under Hosey at 2-1 shut up shop and try and oh, defend the 2-1 lead. Whereas under Ali, they've kind of gone for it and gone for the third goal and they've killed the game off. It's a completely different change in philosophy. And it's fair enough. What I, w- what I would say from a... Uh, I know Simon likes to say we're unbiased on this show. Um, I'm not, as we all know. You're a little <laughs> um, I would say that I wasn't that surprised because Roy Hodgson's teams have, uh, have never really done very well against Manchester United. I've always seen Roy Hodgson as a little bit of a soft touch to, mm. to Manchester United. That might um, rile a few people, but... I wasn't that surprised. Lukaku, I mean, you've got Sanchez as well. Yeah. Um, there's still quality players in and around that squad. Pogba as well. Um, it was a big result. That I know people were talking about being a possible banana skin, but uh, I never really thought about that. Uh, two 0 I saw this result coming through Anfield while we were, we were beating Watford. It didn't. It didn't register on my scale of something. There was, wow. There was a few nervy moments though when I watched it and when Palace got that goal back with. Uh, there was a period of the game where I thought they could equalise. Yeah. I think Zaha picked up the pace. Um, Townsend, he looked like he'd, he'd actually decided to turn up to the game. Those two players should... I mean, the quality players, Zaha on one side, Townsend on the other, you'd expect... I mean, Palace are so far down in the league. They yeah. should be They should be doing far better with pace. those. And you, you think of the other players they've got in and around the squad. Sacco's been quality for them. Yeah. Wamba Saka as well. They should be doing far better, uh, and people seem to look at Roy Hodgson as this kind of messiah of football, and I really don't understand why. And obviously, I'm a little against him after his tenure at Liverpool, but I don't think he did a great deal with England. No. And I, don't, I think the best thing he's done with Palace is keep him up, and, sure. and I don't think that should be the limit of their their uh, ambition with no, with the likes of Zaha and Townsend, um, and one, I think Wan Bissaka will go if 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 they literally tread in water every season. Yeah. Um, so having looked at United a couple of other uh, noteworthy results Chelsea Spurs was a big one um, again we mentioned the loss to Burnley um, losing to Chelsea Chelsea pretty much Chelsea pretty much killed Spurs' title yeah. chances there um, I heard the chant of Tottenham Hotspur they've done it again which is again you mentioned it yeah. uh, in the first segment they seem to get close and this happens um, apparently I didn't watch the game I've seen the goals but um, on the radio phone in on the way back they were saying how Chelsea were just better in every single position yeah I've, I've dispersed Tottenham um, especially with United being a United fan being linked with with Poch yeah that's a, it's a good point that, yeah. um, do you this, want him? as a manager he's a, I, I, there's no there's no denying he's a fantastic manager but the fact that they, they seem to get so close but yeah, so far with with the last few seasons, they got they've got up there, and all of a sudden they just seem to bottle it. And they do. I, I saw an interesting thing on Twitter earlier though that apparently since two thousand and fourteen, um, they have the in in the UK they have the twenty fourth largest net spend. Their net spend is like thirty odd million, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, it's far less than the likes of Brighton. I mean, obviously City are at the top, United the second. I think Liverpool yeah. are like fifth, sixth. But to be like twenty fourth, that's less than some Championship clubs. I think what he's done there is built a first eleven that's quality with a couple of decent squad players. Yeah. Because I reckon, I mean, getting make no bones about this. Son originally was a squad player. Yeah. He's he's made himself a first team player, but he's a squad player. Um, I think he could do well at United. I, I know 
I know so many United fans want, um, and my wife's sister-in-law is desperate for Ollie to be given the job. And I think this is more just riding this wave. Uh, I really do. I think having seen him at Cardiff a few years back, when he comes up against any kind of hostility, like any questioning that he doesn't like, if he comes up against any adversity, he doesn't react well to it. He gets very snipey, and he's not had that at all yet. Whereas Poch is quite good. I mean, he's made a couple of ill-advised comments in the media recently, but that I mean that happens to us all. Yeah. Um, I, I just think when things start getting rough and he's not had that at United, no. um, he might struggle, especially dealing with the likes of Pogba. Because Pogba now knows that he can switch it off for a few months because he knows, well, manage, yeah. manager will take the can. I'll perform for the next one. I, th- I think what's, what's really helping... Toshire is having feeling and character with him. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a massive help. I think if he if he was on his own with with his own backroom staff, yeah, I think I think it would be a different story. I think with feeling being so close to to Fergie mm. and Carrick being so close to the team, I think they've got that. You just get that feeling though, do you not? That it just feels like Fergie being the puppet master. Oh yeah, definitely. It just feels like Fergie's pulling the strings yeah, and, we've, we've, and Solskjaer's the face. Yeah. Um, which I'm not complaining about. No, no, not at all. I'm not complaining about it at all because we've 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 turned it around. It's it's actually incredible. We were so we were so inept. Out, yeah, and out out of it completely. It was the worst United team that I'd seen at Anfield. The one that we beat you three yeah, one. It was, it was the worst I, United side. I was watching that game and I genuinely felt like crying. So if you had to make a decision now, right now, this second, gun to your head. Obviously, no gun actually. No. I don't, I don't advocate violence. Um, Poch or Ollie for next year? For longevity, I think I think Poch at the moment. Yeah. Solskjaer hasn't really. Well, he hasn't done anything really. He's he's he's, he's, he's changed just, the atmosphere around the club. Hasn't oh yeah, that, I'm yeah. not meaning. I mean, I mean but he hasn't. He's only really had one tactical, um, one tactical battle, and he's failed it. I'd say against PSG. Yeah, I think. That he, was yeah. A and you were lucky against Spurs because I mean you played well in the first half, but was, I mean that was to to do with. De Gea. Yeah, De Gea masterclass in the second half. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll talk about Spurs again and United in, in the next bit. Uh, a couple of other results just to, to go through. Simon would want us to mention Newcastle beating Burnley. Big result, that wasn't it? Ending Jeez. Burnley's um, eight-game run. Uh, and because they're so close to each other in the table, um, massive for Newcastle's survival hopes. It looks to me, Simon had played down a little bit, but it looks to me that Newcastle will probably be safe now. Yeah. Uh, a couple more wins under the belt under there. Um and lastly, um, City 1-0 against West Ham. Um, they weren't convincing against Chelsea in the League Cup final. They weren't really convincing against West Ham. Andy Carroll had um, had a sitter. Really good save by Edison, uh, even though he was right down his throat. So um, City not looking convincing, but winning a trophy and getting three points in midweek. So Championship winning formula. It is, it is. And, uh, and people talk about um, winning championships is all about... Um, winning ugly when you're not playing mm. well um, and they've got a few injuries as well to contend with they have uh, and I think what we'll do is we'll mention that injury list in the next bit yeah yeah talking about injuries then uh, City have got a few haven't they um, especially after well they had a few from last week midweek and they've yeah. suffered because recording recording on Saturday night so um, so the Saturday games have, have been and gone they suffered a few injuries today didn't they Tom? Yeah so um, De Bruyne is out and Stones um, 
Stones is only coming up as they're saying a muscle injury, but the Brian is saying it's his hamstring again. Uh, it was his hamstring last time, weren't he's, it? He's had a couple of hamstring yeah. hamstring issues, hasn't he? Um, the Brian just said, well, they're saying that he's he's come out and said it's not a long term injury, but City have come out and said he could be out for a while. Which... That's weird, that isn't it? De Bruyne is obviously coming out trying to allay fears, yeah. And then City are trying to overplay the hand. This is kind of what uh, Fergie used to do at United. He mm. used to kind of overstate how long players were going to be out for, and then yeah, and then it'd look like some kind of medical marvel that they'd come back and teams wouldn't expect these players to be back. Um, I know Danny mentioned in the group um, just off mic uh, before we started recording that if you want to pick players to be injured for City three of the four are down that you'd want so that's Kevin De Bruyne Amrit Laporte uh, Fernandinho and then obviously Aguero who's not injured um, those are the four that as a Liverpool fan uh, obviously you don't wish a harm on anybody no. but if you wanted anyone missing for City it'd be those wouldn't it yeah. I think they've still got plenty of talent with, in and around yeah, that yeah team. of course they have yeah. Mahrez has shown up today Mahrez came off the bench didn't he Got the winner. Got the winner in there. I mean, again, it was we mentioned the one nil against West Ham. This was another one nil against Bournemouth. Now that that suggests it was close, but you look at the stats and it really wasn't, was it? It's pretty embarrassing if you look at the stats. Sorry, Jack. Um, I think it was uh, no shots, no corners, eighteen percent possession. And it's at it was at Bournemouth as well. Now I know Jack, uh, a friendly neighbourhood Bournemouth fan. I know he's um, he's spoken about injuries to Bournemouth and they've had a few uh, really bad injuries to the point where centre-back Nathan Ake has, has had to play in midfield. and yeah, he's bit, I know he's a bit of a ball-playing centre-back, but playing uh, as a midfielder is uh, completely different to being able to play the ball out of, um, out of a centre-back pairing. It, it's a shame. I've not watched the game, so I really can't comment, but... I'm going to anyway. It's yeah. disappointing from a Liverpool fan's point of view that you see that They've not really laid a glove no. on City. Um, rough them up. I know that's not how Bournemouth play. I know they play this lovely um, attacking football under Eddie Howe, but they seem to lose. And I know they didn't lose badly today. They could have done if you look at the stats. But they just seem to... They, they don't... I can't remember the last time. I think the last time they beat one of the top six was when they beat us um, a while ago when we were something like 3-1 up and they beat us 4-3 in the last minute. Yeah. And that was a while ago. I think that was Jürgen's first season. Um, it's just disappointing. Um, you look at those stats, and that's a Premier League team, isn't it? Yeah. One, the only the only way that game is close is in the actual scoreline, isn't it? Really. Yeah. It's, it's when you, I know injuries aside, but you you still want to be getting some sort of effort on goal. And, you want competitiveness in the league, don't yeah. you? I mean, eighty two percent possession. Did you say? Yeah. I mean, that's that's absolutely insane. In an away game. And the Premier League um, level as well. It's, that's absolutely insane. And I know possession doesn't win you games, but 82% possession goes a long way to winning yeah. you a game because if you've got 82% of the ball, that that by simple mathematics means the opposition's only got 18% of it, and they're not gonna, only, they're not gonna do a lot with 18% possession. It's it does sound like from what I've read about the, the match report, it's the it's the Bournemouth keeper who's basically kept them yeah in that game. Um, which is quite depressing when you're a Bournemouth fan if you... Yeah, it must be. Uh, well, I mean, Jack was expecting to get tonked, wasn't he, today? I mean, yeah. I thought uh, another one of our friends, Liam, I think, had, um, on the Super 6, bet on 7-0 to City, which uh, obviously didn't happen, but it, it looks like it could have done. Yeah. Um, so, City grinding out wins, not convincingly putting teams away like they were earlier in the season, but the, like we said earlier, it's, it's championship form. They don't look like dropping points. Um 
I asked you to have a look at the fixtures, didn't I, really? Uh, I've got them next to me now. The next three league games, uh, Watford at home, 9th of March, Fulham away, 30th of March. We've got um, a couple of... There's a big international break, obviously, with cup games in between as well. And Cardiff at home, 6th of April. So you'd expect City, even with the injuries to Laporte, Fernandinho, De Bruyne and Stones, however big the injuries are, You'd expect them to get, even if all four of them are out for all three of those games, which they won't be, I wouldn't have thought. A couple of them will be back by at least Cardiff at home in April. You'd expect City to have enough quality to get through those games with full, with nine nine points, maximum of nine points. Even if they're missing, you've still got still got a lot of quality in that team to, 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 especially the likes of Fulham who are struggling themselves and Cardiff as well. Watford are a good side. But they're not great away from home. I mean, we showed that at Anfield, 5-0 yeah. at Anfield. If, if we can beat them 5-0, City are fully capable of, uh, of doing that to them. I think the biggest test is going to be for, for City is coming 20th of April when they, they meet Tottenham. Is that is that home or away? That's at, um, that's at the Etihad. Is so. it the Etihad, yeah. So Tottenham have got, obviously, a chance between now and then to, to pick up that form and... Yeah, it'll be big for Spurs because, I mean, they were very close and we'll talk about Spurs again in a minute. I know we've spoken a little bit about them already, uh, but we've got to talk about the North London derby in a minute. Um, if they'd have lost that North London derby, the gap between them and the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea United would have been would have been a lot closer. But by the time they play City, I mean, it's weird. A couple of weeks ago, they, people were talking about Liverpool, City and Spurs being shoo-ins for the top three yeah. and then the other three teams fighting it out for that fourth spot. Spurs could very well be dragged into that. So I'm hoping, obviously, that they've got something really big to fight for yeah. by the time they play City. And in the past few years, it's been a bit of a ding-dong battle between the two where um, Spurs have had the upper hand at certain times and City have as well. You just hope that... Um, well, I hope, maybe not you, but I hope that... Um, Spurs give him a bit of a game at the Etihad. I think if, <coughs> I think if they have got something to fight for, if they if they are if they are dragged into that fight to stay up there, I think I think they've already been dragged into it. I think I think yeah. it's a real worry. They've uh, they've they've not won in three now. They've lost two and drawn one. Yeah. Um. I think they're in it. I think they're in a battle. United's form. Uh, is very good. Chelsea are so up and down; they could string a few wins together. They've got a few Ars- games in hand as well, Chelsea. Exactly, Arsenal as well. I think Spurs are well in that. Um, I think they've been dragged back into it by this recent uh, run of poor form. Bearing that with that in mind, then so they they, are, they, they can't they can't keep dropping points. And I think if they get to City and they've got a chance of keeping in that top four with the Champions League spot. They've got to win it, haven't they? Really? Yeah, they've got. If if they get dragged, I mean, we're all we're talking ifs and buts, aren't we? We don't know what's going to happen in that in those few weeks before. You'd, you'd expect them to go through against Dortmund, so you don't know if their their minds will be on the Champions League if they start thinking that's their more likely route uh, to qualifying for it. But they'd, for that to be the case, they'd have to properly drop off league form. The, oh, yeah, the, the league form would literally have to drop off a cliff if their best chance at qualifying for the Champions League would be winning it. Um, but they threw against Dortmund, so they could rest a few players. You'd have thought um, away at Dortmund. Um, I mean, we may as well talk about the North London derby now. Um, having uh, talking about Spurs uh, in depth, one-one. Um, Arsenal went ahead, didn't they? Through Aaron Ramsey, a player that they Incredible. seem quite happy to be getting rid of. It's insane. Um, I'd happily have him at Liverpool. What do you? I mean, would you I have him at United? United? I think he's a he's a very good player. Um, he's had his problem with injuries, but. 
think he's a very, very good player, and it's it's no wonder Juventus are willing to splash out so much money on him. And yeah, cast away four hundred grand a week, isn't yeah, it? It's insane. Absolutely. I mean, it is insane. It's I mean, it's it's different planet insane, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, Especially, I mean, they just signed they signed Emery Chan on a free contract from us, so he'll be on massive wages. Yeah. Ronaldo, I know, has taken a hit on his basic wage because he would have had two from Real, yeah. but he'll still be on massive money. Oh, yeah. And Aaron Ramsey going there, he's a quality player, but he's not. He's not an Andres Iniesta. No, he, he, I mean, he could be quality in the Serie A because it's a much slower league. But I think it'll suit him, especially with his problems with injuries. I yeah. think with a slower pace to it. Definitely. So Aaron Ramsey opened the scoring, um, and then Spurs. Hit back um, with a penalty, didn't they? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of controversy around the controversy around uh, Harry Kane <laughs> references, and that doesn't sound right, Thomas. <sighs> I think what from what I've read on it, there was there was more than one Spurs player offside from the free kick that which led. Doesn't surprise me. I've, I mean, I've seen it. Um, I've seen the challenge, and I've seen the free kick. They're offside. It should be pulled back. It's it's the challenge is a penalty. Mustafi again, who I do not rate. People seem oh. to forget that he was at Everton. Right, <laughs> he was at Everton, so he can't. So that's, sorry. That's <laughs> he was at Everton before he was at Valencia. He's not that good a defender. He just isn't. People can't be surprised that he keeps making mistake after mistake after mistake. Um, it's a terrible challenge. It's, it's a stonewall penalty in the context of the challenge. Yeah, but it shouldn't get there. It, no, should, be it should be flagged offside. For offside. And being a Liverpool fan, I've been on the wrong end of poor refereeing decisions. With regards Harry Kane, not just Spurs, yeah. with regards Harry Kane. Um, I think you were saying before, he's been dressed up as kind of like the golden boy for the media. Well, he is, he is. Um, and to a degree, you kind of understand that, because he was England captain. England had the best possible, well, not best possible, because best possible would have been getting to the final, but they had the best run at a World Cup for however long. Yeah. He didn't play particularly well. I know people want to gloss over that, but he didn't. Um, and then there was a headbutt during the Chelsea game as well, which any other player, the likes of Pogba, yeah. Matic, Fellaini, Salah, Mane, Shakiri, Firmino, any of those do that. They're hauled up and they're given about a three-match ban. Yeah, yeah Kane gets away. Exactly. So um, I don't want to go too much into Harry Kane because um, be we would be here until next Christmas. Um, but my feelings on him are clear. He's a quality footballer, but I do think he gets a bit of a free ride from the FA and the Premier League at times because... He's he's the England captain, yeah, um, and that's wrong. So he hits back with his penalty because he's always going to score a penalty. Harry Kane, um, he's absolutely deadly from those. yeah, uh, he's absolutely deadly from that from that range. And then um, it seems to be a bit backwards and forwards. Loris made a couple of quality saves, um, absolutely world class saves, which is funny because we'd said only ten minutes previous to a few of those that we didn't rate him, didn't we? No, I I, I still don't rate him. No, well he's. He's, he's, he's not a great... I mean, I know he's, he's a World Cup winner, isn't he? Uh, but he made a couple of gaffes in the World Cup. He's, a, he's he's made a couple of big ones for Spurs as well. I don't think he's the same keeper he was two or three years ago. No. But, but he has he has saved our, he saved Spurs today because obviously one of them was a penalty save. Yeah. So Aubameyang got that penalty in the 89th minute um, and Lloris resprung and, and saved it uh, and then obviously you had Torreira being sent off in the 95th minute which a North Mental. London derby wouldn't be a North London derby without a bit of uh, a bit more controversy would it? I can't complain if there wasn't yeah well, exactly yeah so um, I think that result probably wasn't any good for either of them no. um, I think Spurs being 1-0 down for quite a while would have taken a draw um, before Kane equalised and I think Arsenal would be extremely frustrated 
with not being able to hang on or at least yeah. um, push further ahead because they really both teams needed those points. Arsenal yeah. probably more um, with the result that we're going to talk about next. So United, um, I would say scabbing a three-two win. Very much so. Uh, um, Romelu he, Lukaku. He's just. It's like he's a different human, right? Yeah. He's, he's, it's four goals in two games now. It's it? confidence. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's massively yeah, confidence, it is, yeah. and I think with the players around him having that confidence as well, I think Pogba's a massive, massive reason why a lot of people are having an upsurge in the, in the yeah. form. I mean, I wanted to mention Pogba um, earlier, actually. Um, just remembering, in during our game against you last weekend, I saw a different side to him, and, and I, I've blasted Pogba on this podcast. But um, he was actually really quite disciplined last week. He actually, and, and I know people were joking about Shaw having Salah in his pocket, and he did to a degree. But part of that was down to the fact that Pogba covered. Yeah. Pogba did a lot of. I've never seen him do that before. He did I a lot of self. No, he did a load of selfless running to double up on Salah. Yeah. So whenever Salah came down that side and Shaw was one on one with him, Pogba would be round the side yeah. just in case he got round him. So he's, he's obviously his attitudes changed a little bit. I'm still not a big fan of this not playing well, downing tools just because you don't get along with your manager. Because um, at the moment, all we know about Pogba is that he can play well if he's got a manager that he likes. Yeah. I think it's, I've, as much as I love him as a player, um, even though I'm a United fan, I think he's, his professionalism isn't what it should be. For, it leaves a lot to be desired at United the moment. Player. I think I think if he gets on with his manager, I mean, he's not really changed his hairstyle. You've not really heard much from him, to no. be fair. These stupid dance moves do my head in, but that's more of a personal yeah. thing than anything. Um, he has kind of kept his head down and just let his football do the talking, which is what he should have done when Jose was there. I think I think that might be something to do with with the way that feeling has picked up off Ferguson, how yeah. he runs the ship. And... Well, Fergie got rid of him, didn't he? Fergie got rid of Pogba. Yeah. Fergie wouldn't have any of that. So if Fergie has even got even a little bit of influence, he'll tell him. Yeah, you'd have thought he'd be uh, he'd be th- speaking through feeling. So a three-two win against Southampton, you'd expect that game should have been more comfortable. Southampton, oh, they've been on a bit of an upturn of form. Hassan Huttel have done, has done really well, hasn't yeah. he? Um, they're not completely out of trouble yet but under Mark Hughes they look dead and buried and he's brought them back the players seem to be responding well to him um, James Ward-Prowse scored a stunner as well apparently I've not seen it I'll watch it later he seems to be doing James Ward I mean he fell off again he fell off a cliff under Mark Hughes whereas now oh you know, yeah everyone how, he, how Mark Hughes keeps getting work in football to me is baffling yeah. um, but I was expecting that result to be a, mo- a lot more um, comfortable for United being at Old Trafford um, and Southampton but you've got the win and I think that at this stage of the season uh, coming into March well we're in March now winning is all that matters I think with United I think our defence is far too too shaky I think we've got some good players Luke Shaw seems to be getting into his own strength he really is I agree with that Um, Lindelof again like Lukaku I don't know where he's come from yeah he's another one whose form's picked up massively he's actually looking quite like a Premier League defender which you never knew was in there. Um, my only issue is with Ashley Young. He's a very, very good um, defender. He, he shouldn't be because he, he natural winger, wasn't yeah, he at Watford and at Villa? Um, he, he was this winger, and he's. I, I, I can't. I cannot stand him, and I still want to give a medal to the bird that pooed in his mouth. I still think that's still deserved. Denies it, <laughs> he still denies it, but on a footballing level, you cannot help but admire. The fact that he's he's made that fullback position his own, yeah. you just can't. And and I think he'll be a big part of United 
moving forward under Ollie. Yeah. Even if he doesn't play every week, he'll be a big part of that squad because he's he's. I know Valencia's club captain, but it's Young who's been leading the team, hasn't it? Valencia for well, that he's. Uh, I heard. I read somewhere today that he was he was pretty much off. Yeah, so I think well, he's on the injury list. So yeah, so uh, he won't be coming back, Valencia. I think um, United are on the up this season. Um, it begs the question where they'll be next season. Um, but that the last little result we wanted to well, I say little result that kind of disrespects it a little bit. Um, the last result we wanted to make a quick mention of was uh, West Ham comfortably beating Newcastle, didn't we? Sorry, Simon. Two yeah. um, nil. It's yeah. I mean, after a really good result for Rafa midweek. Uh, two 0 at West Ham. West Ham again are so inconsistent. They can, they can a lot of season, they have, yeah, a lot of teams. So um, there's a few. Um, well, the game that I'm looking forward to tomorrow at the moment. I'll be different in the morning. We've got the Merseyside derby. Um, I think you'll do tomorrow. It. You think we'll do? We'll do. I don't know. Um, you'll see if we if we comfortably beat them or if we turn up tomorrow. Um, People will be saying, right, the odds on for the title now. Um, yeah. City are odds on with the bookmakers. But if we comfortably beat Everton, um, yeah, you'd, you'd fancy us. Like, like Jamie said, like Jamie Carragher said last week, he said, um, if Liverpool get to the end of this week through United, Watford, and Everton, and they're still top of the league, that's a huge, yeah. huge plus for them. And, um, and it will be. Uh, we just need to get over the fact that it will be Everton's biggest game of the last few years because they've got nothing to play for. They've got a chance um, to stop you. And they've got a chance to stop us from winning the league, which is their nightmare. Their nightmare is us winning the league title. So it will. they will play like a final, um, which worries me a little bit, not just for the result, but for injuries as well. So um, I'm sure I'll talk more about this uh, on either two-footed or on uh, on next week's roundup, or I might just stay depending on yeah. the result. Simon might just mock me a little bit for it. The reason why I think you'll do it if you cast your mind back to last time you nearly won the league. You had that you had that blip of a few games, yeah, and it completely blew you out of the picture. Yeah, it did. But you've had that blip. I'd like to think we have. I thought that at Bournemouth though. So we comfortably beat Bournemouth three 0 and then we had the games against Bayern and United where we just we didn't create anything, did not create anything at all against both sides, apart from maybe a couple of chances, a couple of half chances against Bayern in the first half. So I'd like to think Watford was a was a um, was a turning point in how we're playing this season, and we did play differently. We played Mane centre forward, yeah. Mo out wide. Mo's always more effective coming in from the uh, yeah. from the wide area. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I would like to. To end um, this this podcast, this episode of the Out of Towners, by teasing uh, a couple of exclusive interviews that we'll have um, going live either next weekend or the week after. Um, we've got an interview with a manager and a captain of a local football club in the National League North, which I don't want to name just yet, uh, but keep an eye out for that. So yeah, that's exciting times for the out-of-towners. Um, but thank you very much for joining us, Tom. Um, yeah. I think you've passed the trial with flying colours. I think Simon's got something to worry about, to be honest. I think we should replace him. Uh, well, I think that's... I mean, Danny thought that a couple of weeks ago. So I think he's he's, he's walking a, a fine line, is Simon. But, uh, manfully. Manfully, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, good luck with, uh, with your team's results this week. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.